Our next session is a panel discussion on the four Fs of follow the master, face the devil, fight till the end, and finish the game. Dear Swami, with your blessings, we now call upon the panel to enlighten the brothers and sisters. I would like to introduce our first panelist, who is none other than brother, Dr. Satya Rao. Dr. Satya Rao is a medical specialist in the field of family medicine. He completed his MBBS degree in the prestigious International Medical University in Kuala Lumpur, an MD Masters in Medicine in the National University of Malaysia. He is currently the head of the department in a clinic that serves around 1,500 patients a day in an underprivileged community in Kuala Lumpur. Coming from a family of three generations of Sai devotees, he was brought up in the Sai fold from infancy. He grew up in Balvikas and Sai spiritual education and served in multiple leadership positions in the center, state, regional, national, and zonal levels. Currently, he is the Zone 4B Young Adult Coordinator and the Medical Director of Zone 4B Countries. I would like to introduce our next panelist, who is also none other than Sister Roshini Vishwanathan. Sister Roshini was blessed to discover her beloved Swami through the SSC classes that run close to her home. Seeing how SSC had changed her life, she has inspired to be a SSC teacher from a very young age. She then went on to hold the regional and national leadership, leadership positions in the Malaysian Educare Academy, specifically in the areas of teen youth development. In 2017, Sister Roshini was immensely blessed by Swami to take on the role of Deputy International Young Adult Coordinator, together with a team of awesome Zonal Young Adult Coordinators and Subcommittee. Professionally, Sister Roshini runs a HR consultancy firm back in Malaysia, allowing her to weave Swami's teachings into the training and consultancy and benefit the corporate world. Now I invite our moderator for this panel discussion, Brother Haridas. Brother Haridas was born into a strong Sai family. He has held many positions such as center youth coordinator, spiritual coordinator, national deputy youth leader, Malaysia, and zone four cultural coordinator. He was the youngest person to have certified as an SSE HV and Balvikas teachers trainer at the age of 17. He is also a young adult trainer and have always worked with young adults instilling spiritual enrichment. He is also part of the national budget team. 
His passions include theater, music, direction, and production. Thank you. Vena Raksharaksha Saishwara Hariyom Tatsat Sri Saishwara Arpanamastu. Dear Swami, we are sitting here on behalf of you to talk and share the little that we know from these years of being with you. So please guide the session so that you may talk through us and you may answer some of the doubts and questions that have been raised by your children who are seated down in this gathering. Saira. Sairam, Brother Satya, Sister Roshni. It is, um, I have to share before we start our session that this, these two individuals here, I've grown up with them since um, I was 14, 15, and they were young children, I mean younger than me, way younger than me, so don't ask my age, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, I've seen them grow up so much, and uh, we, I started off with, deal with, with dealing with the young adults, and, and they were young adults at that time, and today they've outshined <laughs> many of us uh, senior youths, and uh, here they are today, you know, leading the world, leading the zone, you know, in, in full of love and, 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 and uh, compassion. So a big round of applause to them. And may Swami give them the faith, <laughs> uh, the strength to keep continuing to do His work. Yeah? So let us uh, get on with today's session. Um, dear brothers and sisters, we thought that we would like to spend some time talking about our views. But uh, Swami, as usual, Swami has His plans. Uh, we wanted to... Uh, have some questions from the audience, but there was an overflow of questions to Swami. So we're going to get straight to the Q&A because I think uh, the questions that have been asked, put forth, are uh, very relevant, very important, and um, I have grouped those questions because very similar questions, yeah? So I've kind of consolidated those questions, and uh, during the course of this discussion, uh, it will be answered, yeah? So, Satya, let me start with you, uh, I mean both of you. You are all successful in your careers respectively. Yeah, you've been, you know, I've seen you from college days to, 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 your, to your medical field and, 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 you know, and now you are certified and uh, sub-specialized and, and, and all that. And Sister Roshni, you know, being a regional trainer, I know most probably going to a global, global trainer, you know, and, and training those corporate, um, corporate professionals. And here sh they are going through all that Right? They, have all, they are successful in life. They have everything. Now, do they need this? Do they need to go through all this one year of planning for this kind of workshop? Like Sister Roshni, she, you know, she multi, I don't know how sometimes she multitasks, but she does. Yeah, she comes back after her training, then she sits for her world, the, the world uh, youth, uh, young adults, global calls, you know, and, and she, they do a lot, traveling up and down to Parthi, handling everything, balancing everything. And I, sometimes I don't know how Satya does. Even recently, we had a meeting for this camp, and we all met at the council office to discuss and have, you know, to coordinate. And Satya was, Satya had, she say, he said, 
Sairam brothers, I have an issue at the clinic. There's been a fight in the clinic and I'm delayed at eight o'clock in the night. I can't attend the meeting, but he sat in his car and he took the meeting so that things run, it's being led properly. Yeah? So that's the level of commitment that you know, these individuals, we have as leaders. So what drives you to do this? Yeah? What is that drive to come, to, to go to the center, rain or shine? You know, all these years, I've seen you like, what, 16, 17, and here you are, all successful in your life. And so what is that drive? Can you share with us? Satya first, please. My humble pranams to the lotus feet of our beloved Bhagwan, Sri Satya Sai Baba. Swami, with your permission, we would like to take this session in a very informal manner, like a communication, you know, we are all brothers and sisters. I think we'll connect better when we make it a little more informal. Uh, hence, Swami, allow our language. Uh, honestly, I think Brother Hari is here up to uh, maybe just pin us down and, <laughs> you know, crucify us today, I think, his question which he's starting, he's not even told us what the questions are. <laughs> I've not told them, we have not sat down together, so they're so, on the spotlight now. So for me, I think um, why I need to do is very essential. The answer is only simple one. For me, the organization is my life bread. I think <laughs> the, I can say that every single good thing, I have a lot of wisest as well, but every single good thing that you see in me today is because of Swami and the organization. I can tell you that I learned how to walk in a center. I learned how to walk in life also in a center. It's, it's not really the zone or the international organization, but brothers and sisters, it's back to center. It's back to basics. I think that's where I really learned what family means, what love means, what Swami means. I think having great leaders is very essential. And each and every one of you is going to be a leader tomorrow. Already a leader today, probably. That's what we have to remember. We have to remember that people come to the center for the love that the center has. And that's why I go back. It's not because I, I took the call from the phone, uh, from the car on the way to my clinic where there was a disaster in the clinic. Not because I, I thought it was my responsibility, but because I wanted to be with the rest of the brothers and sisters. Because that communication, that satsang, the communion with all of them is so essential for my own growth and my own happiness and bliss. That's why beautiful, beautiful. that keeps me going. So center was his core, you know, and getting, getting back to the center and being with that communion or the satsang, you know, just grew in him and that, that's what kept him going. Sister Roshni, how about you? Sairam, Sairam everyone. Um, for me, it was a little bit different. I wasn't born in a Sai family and I think Swami discovered me. I did not discover Swami. And when I saw Swami and I... I just saw this picture of this person and it, it, was, it just clicked. There was no questions in my head. This is God and that's it, right? So I, I and my sister were side devotees way before my parents. Um, we used to have a secret altar in our room and we would, you know, after praying in the main altar, we pray in the altar in our room. And uh, Swami became a friend. Uh, 
and he became this person that I knew was always there. Uh, automatically, there was no process, there was no great miracle. I have no like amazing stories to share. It was just something very natural. Why I'm in the organization, um, apart from Swami, is the organization itself. I've always felt like that I had an edge because I had this group of people who didn't judge me for what I did. Uh, there was this group of people who was always loving and able to accept me uh, for who I was. And if I did something wrong, it wasn't that they, were, they would crucify me, they would tell me very lovingly. So it became this really safe space for me. Uh, and I think we're very fortunate to have leaders that encourage that. So every time I had an idea, I was able to put it forth and someone would actually take me seriously, which was very important. And that gave me confidence to do the same in the outside world. Because I felt like if I could do it in the center, then I'm not crazy, right? The ideas might be good. And it showed me that I had this edge over my peers. This space of safety, the safety net, gave me this edge to have that self-confidence to now put forth this in, in other spaces as, as well. So why I do this, I don't know any other way. <laughs> I, I don't see the difference between work and, and um, sci work, it's all just the same. And everything applies everywhere. So it's not like we put time aside for this and time aside for that. They're, it's just the same thing. So very interesting, if I can, just, I can just bring in the first question which is very relevant to what she just said, right? She was not born into a family of Sai. And that is one of the main questions we had here at Swami's feet. My, I'm not born into a Sai family. I'm the only one who believes in Sai or Swami. And I get a lot of obstacles and challenges when I do Swami's work, right? And so how do I handle this, you know, because I'm active in the center and I love to, I want to follow the master and I want to do his work. But I go back home, I, my, my parents tell me not to do Swami's work. I'm spending too much of time out in youth activities and, and all those kind of things. So very interesting, sister. I mean, I, I believe since I've known you and you are that, the same, you are in the same, in the same situation. So could you share with, with our youngsters here, how did you handle that situation and, and how can they approach it without, without um, uh, hurting their parents? At the same time, the desire to do Swami's work must also be fulfilled. I, I, I think this is a very, it's a good question and I must emphasize that everyone's family is different, everyone's situation is different. So you cannot take our experience and say that, oh, it happened to Roshni, so it will happen to me as well. But I think one fundamental key that changed the way my parents thought was when they saw that we were engaged in good activity and they were aware of what we're doing. I feel like a lot of times we do a lot of young adult work and we do work in the center, but we don't tell our parents what we are going to do. So we just say, ah, oh, we are going to go to the center. And being at that age when you're 17, 18, and you're constantly hanging out outside home, and it looks like you're having a great time, what will the first thing your parents think? Right? They, they might have, you know, thoughts that are not in line with what we do, because they don't know what we're doing. So take time to sit and talk to your parents. I think that is important. A lot of young adults, 
go to center are extremely good with all the center people very loving sairam sister how are you auntie and but they go back home shut the door and sit in their room <laughs> right a lot of us are guilty of that i was guilty of that as well but i think when i sat with my parents and started talking to them that made the change because your parents are always concerned about you and if they know you are able to balance yourself and they know that you are engaged in good activity then they'll be cool but if they don't know what you're doing then there's a problem how about satya satya can you add sairam yeah for me i think um, as was mentioned when i came up i come from generations of sai devotees but it was not easy um, those who came from sai family will think that those came in between were it's easier for them but those who came from the other side will think oh it's so easy for you to be in sai family why is it difficult when you're born in a sai family especially like a family like mine there's already a thousand expectations out of you as a sai child of course when i grew up i never asked a question why baba is god because when i grew up baba is god just like how all of us grew up you know krishna is god rama is god when i grew up baba was god but baba is god sorry baba is god but how it is it took me time to connect with swami of course i had that connection you know because um, with swami's blessings i had swami's physical proximity from young but that concept of god the all knowing omnipresent omnipotent omniscient which i learned in balvikas was a theory in my mind but for that theory in the mind to sink into the higher consciousness or the soul getting the body mind and soul connected took a lot of time a journey that started at 3 years old i remember you know knowing swami now if i think back i know swami when i was 3 years old consciously in this body as satya but when i took swami as everything in my life was much later i think maybe when i was at least a good 12 years after that that process is where that i had to gauge how it is for me to be active in outside world than inside world so yes. that became a bit difficult and how i connected was you know making sure that you know that just like how sister said you know making sure that we are good i think parents just every single parent just wants to see their children being good that's the fundamental aspect so as fundamental expectation so if that fundamental expectation is solved then they are happy with whatever you do so with that communication and the transformation that happens i think maybe as as you know we put our 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 body mind and soul at swami's and feet and surrender to him saying that you know swami you let my parents understand the situation and then we do what we need to do we do everything and we surrender to fantastic thank you so the i mean it's very interesting because for me also i mean i i came from since birth and i consciously only knew swami since maybe i was 4 years old you know but as he said when you put swami this is god pray to him you know and for me it was even more stricter if i couldn't chant a mantra i'll be caned <laughs> i had to memorize all the mantra yeah and that's why this whole passion of loving vedam and prayers and rituals and all that it was ingrained in me since i was a very young boy literally uh my mom used to sit down there vakra tunda goes wrong one whack 
Okay, it was a painful experience and of course it became very excruciating and I used to talk to Swami as a friend. He said, Swami, please, what is this? You know, I wish I didn't know you. <laughs> it's a painful experience for me, right? But eventually, that whole journey started for me when I was 14 and when I started taking Swami as a friend, you know? And I think we all had that, that, that friendship this whole journey with Swami connecting with the inner source has to start with a relationship. When we love somebody, husband loves wife, wife loves husband, you will do anything for that person. Yeah? Darling, please run to the moon and you'll fly to the moon to go and get something. I want this, you'll go. Because you love the person, you will follow the person, as Brother Ame said. Right? So that relationship is something that we'll touch upon later as we go on. Thank you, Mr. Um, uh, um, Since we are in this topic, the, the questions itself. So um, it was about um, uh, in, in the Sai family. Secondly, it is about um, connection with Swami. Yeah? I think many of them asked about how do I connect to Swami? And it's a very, very valid question. We have all gone through that phases. Yeah? Believing in Swami, having our doubts, and then coming back again through the challenges. The devil will pull and squeeze and you know, kind of bring us back and the mind will show all kinds of gimmicks and magic, right? So how do we connect to Swami? And some, one of the questions said that I'm here in Puttaparthi. I'm attending all the sessions. It feels nice. It feels I'm inspired, but I can't connect to Swami. Yeah? He, he's, I, I don't know, his, his chair is there, but I'm just, he's just there. But I can't connect. So how can we connect with Swami? Sister Roshni, will we share through your experience in life? How do you do it? Sairam, again, a very individual question, right? Um, firstly, I, I feel the urge to say that you don't have to connect to Swami. He's already connected to you. Uh, that effort needs to be, I guess you want to put in effort, but even before you put in effort, Swami is already connected to you. Just have that trust. So whatever is going on here, like I believe someone said that in one of the speeches, even though you feel nothing or you feel like nothing is going on, some change is happening. I think Brother Ratnakar said that, yeah. Some change is happening, something is happening within you. You won't know now. But I've looked back at the years that I've come here or the years that I've been connected and I, I suddenly realized, hey, when I came here in 2006 and I heard this, it makes sense to me now. Or I had this dream in 2005, oh, this is what it means. It might be 2015 now. And you don't know what is happening to you. So that connection already exists, even if you don't put effort. What you are talking about is the emotion, the emotion, that bhakti emotion, you're looking for that, that, oh my God, Swami, you're wonderful, the eyes are coming out, tears. Th that emotion you're looking for, right? And for emotion to exist, it exists because you are doing a certain activity. So the activity now spears an emotion, and that emotion, that feel, is what you are looking for. So if you want to look for emotion of bhakti, there are many different things that you can do. And at different stages of your life, different activities will bring out that surge of devotion. And I think this is a journey all three of us had gone through together. 
Yeah, at one point, um, we were all three of us were very interested in puja. We will constantly be doing puja. Every morning, Haryana will like ding, 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 ding. Want to sleep also cannot. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that is one thing. And even Satya is another great priest, right? My job is only to bring the things to the altar. So, <laughs> so at one point, we were so into puja, so into Abhishegam, so into chanting Rudram and doing Yaknyas all over the country. That was one stage that brought out the bhakti factor in us. And as we grew up, another stage came to like, I felt whenever I did a session like this, when I did a tenute session, when I went for Balvikas, that brought out the feeling of, I will be so grateful. Swami, thank you for giving me this opportunity to somehow make people's life easy. Because these secrets that you've given us is super amazing. It's made my life easy and I'm grateful that I can share this knowledge. That was one stage. Another stage came when I first came to Parthi and I discovered Sai literature. I remember telling one of our brothers, I wish I could take all the books back. My bag will have like three Punjabi suits and like books. And you know, so much I used to read and read and read and I experienced Swami's love through reading. Again it changed. I experienced Swami's love through listening to Radio Sai. I didn't listen to anything at all. I was a super nerd. I didn't know any of the latest music because I was only listening to Radio Sai. But even that changed. Now when I sit down on the global calls and I speak to young adults around the world and listen to the amazing stories that they have to share, that brings out bhakti in me. But always remembering even that feeling is just a feeling. And if you don't do that activity at all, that feeling will go away. But even when that feeling is not there, the connection remains. The connection cannot break. You are not responsible for it. Swami is responsible for so, it. Yeah, if you can add, Satya. I would like to add a bit. Just speaking about emotion, there was one Swami said, emotion is one, but devotion is yet another. Just because we sit in darshan line and we cry or we get yeah. attached to Swami, that is not a measure of devotion. So don't look outside. Devotion is within the connection to Swami. That is the most essential part. So when that happens, that like Sister Roshni said, no, just for the, if some of you have doubts, we were childhood friends and we grew up together. That's why, you know, this communication is happening this way. So, so when we grew up together, we all experienced different, different parts of bhakti. You know, um, Jnana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga, you know, there was one, I mean, it still is that, 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 um, that feeling of, you know, I need to go and do medical camp in the northern part of Vietnam where the people have not seen doctors in their life. Do you know? I'm sure that exists in so many places. So like that, that kind of things comes and go, comes and go. These experiences are given to us by Swami to make us experience different, different life facets but it is all connected to that one devotion, which is Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba. And if I may add very nicely, that one devotion, that, that, that one Bhagwan, you want to see him as Bhagwan, you can see him. But when, you do, when he, she's doing her global course and with, with young adults, he's doing his Grama Seva, when I'm doing my puja, that one, what, come, what, is the, what is the outcome of that? What do you all think? When you do something that you like, what comes out of it? 
happiness. That happiness is the Swami. And I would like to add here about happiness and bliss. See, the difference we should always remember. There's once Swami asked uh, his translator, the first translator, he asked, you know, uh, when Swami asks a question, everybody must be cautious to answer. You know, he said, you know, what's the difference between happiness and bliss? So many different people tried, and of course, Swami said, wrong, wrong, wrong. And then he went to the translator self. And then he said, Swami, I don't know all this big philosophy, but I can tell you how I feel. Happiness is like when my, he's a married gentleman, of course. He said, it's when my wife cooks food for me, and when I eat it, I feel so much happy, so much joy. But when I'm in the forest and I'm so hungry, when I think of that nice food, I don't get happiness, I will just cry. I'm sad that food is not in front of me. But bliss is Swami. Today I'm sitting right in front of you and you asking me this question. And this joy and happiness that I have, when I'm in the middle of the forest with all the hunger, I sit down and when I close my eyes and I reflect this moment, I will feel the exact same happiness and joy. That's bliss, Swami. Beautiful. So, having Swami is the ultimate happiness, joy, and that word for it is eternal bliss. So that's yeah. coming to it. Cool. So coming back again, yeah. So, so thank you, Satya. Coming back to connection again. Connection is is very individual. Yeah. It is every one of us how we connect to Swami is different. I must say, the thing that keeps me revalidates Swami's power and existence that what we are doing is right or wrong every time. Like for example, throughout these three days of program, everything that has been happening has been running in our meetings three, four months way before. And every time a guest comes and speaks, it just revalidates and we look at each other and we say, my God, you know, he just said the same thing we were talking about in the meeting. You know, it's like this connection and then the alignment is all, you know, the universe has already seen that connection. Yeah. So don't worry about this connection so much. You are here. You are here right now in this land. You are here with Swami. Just be. Radnakar said, if you're sleeping, sleep. Fine. I'm not going to crucify you. Nobody's going to punish you. You're sleeping. People are tired. They sleep. But enjoy the moment when you are awake, right? So don't, don't crack your head too much about this connection. You are here. Swami has brought you here. Remember, everyone has said, you are here, you are lucky, you are lucky, you are lucky, you are lucky. You are lucky. And he will work his magic. And that's his problem. So, but you must just keep connecting to him. Just keep on talking. You, you do your work. You are here. He will take care of that. Okay? Sign up. Now, um, the other part of it is a bit more of an organizational um, uh, question, which uh, I think Sister Roshni being in the hierarchy of, uh, <laughs> the hierarchy of, uh, hierarchy of our organization in terms of young adults, uh, maybe you can help us, uh, make us understand this. Um, there were questions about a lot of office bearers and leaders are very close to Swami. You know, even when he was physically around and even when he is not around now, uh, they hold very important positions. But their conduct 
um, and uh, and body language and how they react and talk to people um, is is not very befitting of of being around Swami, and they are our leaders. Now that's one part of it. The other part of it is how is this fair? You know, yeah, yeah. This is not my question, yeah. So <laughs> this is questions that were put in front of Swami. I'm just uh, uh, sharing the question. Let me just make that clear a bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so how do we, um, uh, is this fair? That was the question. Why is this happening? Why does Swami allow this? To Why is structure such an important aspect in the organization? <laughs> Firstly, why Swami? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> but okay, so I guess there's two, there's two questions, right? One is uh, whether someone is befitting of the role. Um, and this is a personal answer. I've not asked this question to anyone. I feel like Swami knows who to give what to, right? And that's something I don't question. I, I feel like my job is to do what I've been asked to do. And I'll just do what I've been asked to do. And I'll do it to the best of my ability. You know how Swami says when you point one finger this way, you, all the other fingers is pointing back at you? And so whatever you see on the outside is really a reflection of what you see on the, what you are on the inside. Uh, again, I think someone spoke about this. Saigrida yeah. spoke about this, yeah. right? And so I, I've never questioned that. I've never questioned whether a leader is befitting to be a leader or not. I feel like leadership is a challenge given to you or it, it's like a game. So you're going in a video game, right? And you hit a roadblock. Maybe it's a leader that you think is not befitting. How will I overcome it? That creativity, that ideas. Uh, if it's, he's not good, he's not great, he's a bad example, don't follow. If he's a good example, pick what is good and follow what is good. You know, and, and you keep moving that way. But the ultimate thing that you want to remember in your mind is, how is this helping me transform? Whether it's a bad example or a good example, if it's a bad example, Swami might have created that bad example only for you so that you can learn what not to be. Right? So again, it, it's that. The second part, the not fair thing, right? Oh God, I have struggled with this question for a very long time. Even now, I still struggle with it on, all, all the time. But I've sat down and made peace with it by thinking about it very logically. Okay, so if you look at any organization, now the SSIO being a spiritual organization is also one of the largest NGOs in the world. world correct. Yeah, we have the in immense amount of members and to galvanate that number of people, you need an organizational structure. If not, you cannot, like, you know, if it's free for all, do what you want, do when you want, do whatever you want at any time, there will be no structure and in terms of achievement, we won't be able to achieve anything. We won't be able to do that seva that you did in Nepal if everybody was a leader. There must be one person organizing, there must be one person taking care of the welfare of people. And so these roles are given. Now it doesn't mean that because I'm Deputy International, it's such a mouthful to say, if I, in my role, my role is bigger than Satya or bigger than Haryana, there's no such thing. There is absolutely no such thing. It's just a job description. Now, because you have that job description, there's a lot of responsibilities that come along with it. So let's take Darshan, for example. You see all the people with position, 
sitting in front, closer to the samadhi, uh, you know, and they get up very quickly, they go for darshan, they take, um, what is that, samadhi darshan, and they're out. What do you think they do when they get out of darshan? When I come in July, I always have to make a decision in my head. Number one, do I go for samadhi darshan or do I have breakfast? Because I only have time to do either one. I have 10.30 meetings start and they go on until 1 o'clock at night. I will leave my room at 6 in the morning. I come back to my room at 1 o'clock at night. And these are the reasons why you see special seating being given so that people can get out of darshan earlier. And even when Swami was around, special seating was given because Swami would want to talk to this person about organizational matters. You cannot expect a leader, maybe, you know, Dr. Reddy, the Prashanti Council uh, chairman, sitting right at the back of Kulvan Hall. How would Swami come out all the way, go right to the back, probably have to give one million Padnamaskars before he reaches Dr. Reddy, and by that time, Darshan is over. So, it's just logic, logical reasons why people are given this. Now, I know another question, sorry, yeah, I no problem. Problem. because I, 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 naturally, these questions exist, right? Yeah. So, why are these people now given N4 rooms? Why yeah. are these people given Akon rooms? You know, why do they deserve this? They are also youth, we are also youth. Now, again, it's an organizational thing, right? When you, I would call it maybe, because you're doing so much yes. out there, you, when you come back, you really need to have that five hours probably of good rest. So while you go back, have your ice cream and hang around, drink coconut water and go back, go shopping, which I've never gone for like maybe five years now. It's <laughs> you, you don't have that time and luxury. You come back, you're so tired, you just sleep. You wake up the next morning, you're out again. It's <laughs> I've not had the time and, and thank you, Satya. <laughs> Yeah, for this you. time thank you. in Parthi, <laughs> for the first time in five years, I, I have time <laughs> to be myself in Parthi. It's been so long. So these are the reasons why yeah, things are given to, to uh, people with organizational roles to make work move faster. Now, as soon as you don't hold that position, you don't have all those mm. special privileges anymore because it doesn't make sense what. Yeah. Just be like anyone else. Huh? And also I would like to add, you know, um, just to take it on there, you know, every time Guru Purnima when we come, you know, or even Swami's birthday for that matter, I usually come with my mom, even now. My mom will not get to see me sometimes for the whole week. We stay in the same room. I leave before she wakes up, I come back after she sleeps. So sometimes that's how, but you might not realize it, but once you sit in that shoes, you probably realize it. I'm sure it's the same for Uncle Ravi, I'm sure it's the same for Dr. Reddy, Uncle Manoj, everybody. But again, that is more for you to imagine, but I'll give you some a simile, okay? Just think the world is like a washing machine, okay? God just puts all, what we put inside the washing machine? All the clothes that needs? Washing. You won't put your new clothes there, right? Simply unless you just want to cleanse it the first time. But otherwise you'll never put you the clothes that you have washed, you'll not put it back inside. No? Oh, I've washed my clothes, take it from the sun and put it back in the washing machine. Would you do that? You won't. So you will put just whatever clothes that needs washing will be put. And that God puts inside that washing machine all those people who are in the center, that includes the elders, to answer the first question, no? And include the elders, the seniors who are so-called, you mentioned in the question, the befitting 
characters, but it's not just that. It might be our friends, that might be people be our more junior than everybody inside that washing machine. And that washing machine just spins and spins and spins. So you as a cloth now needs to get whatever resources that's inside there, including the soap, including the water, including the spinning, everything. You have an option how you want to move inside there. But you cannot go and tear other, other clothes. You cannot tear other things and everything. You do what you need to do, washing yourself. So do not compare yourself to anyone else. In this spiritual journey, it's only you and Swami. Everyone around you is just Maya, a re reaction, reflection, and resound. Just that. Don't compare. It's only your journey with Swami. So go inside the washing machine, get yourself washed, and come out clean. Jai Sarah. So yeah, so the journey, so at the end of the day, right, if I could just sum up very quickly, this journey, let's not worry about anything else. This journey is our journey, our transformation. When, when you're brought with this, all these thoughts, this nonsense, right, just think, how is it helping me? Is it helping me in my journey? No. No means throw it out. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's not affecting you. Why simply bring it onto your head and spoil your own peace? Correct? Always burden, baggage, let go and just be happy with him. Yeah? So thank you. Thank you, uh, Satya and Roshni. Now, uh, if, again, we are running out of time very quickly. I would like to take the next question, which is very important, uh, which is the bulk of the question. Um, how do I balance my work, Swami's work, studies? I want to do his work, but family, work, family is also important, right? And I think this work is important. I come back from work, I'm too tired. You know, I can't go to the center for meetings. I've got Grama Seva coming up. They need my help. But work is also pulling me on one side. I come back at 10 o'clock in the night. How am I to spend time with my parents? Or how am I to spend time with my kids? My wife, she's already complaining. Huh? Center, center, center. You know, we all go through that peak of career. We go back after meetings at 2 in the morning and sit down and meetings at work. I go through that. We all go through that. And there are times where the meeting is going on, your eyes are pulling down like that. Uh, your eyeballs are <laughs> rolling up. And, you know, and, and people are saying, hey, so, uh, Hari, what's, uh, could you give us an update? And you're like, pop, you get up. And many uh, times, I don't know from where it comes, I'm just able to answer. You know? But you see, God is guiding. But you see, there's a struggle. It's not easy. We all, this is the battle. This is that that the devil uh, and that battle we had to fight. Yeah? So the question that came back from them again is, how do we balance this, 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 um, this, this, all these roles together, yet do Swami's work? You know, it's not easy for us. It's not easy, definitely. Everybody only has 24 hours, right? Whether you like it or you don't, it will not be stretched. Of course. I think uh, those who are in the student workshop will realize speaking about the priority, you know, the urgent, important, the not urgent, not important, the one that's urgent needs to be done first, the one that's important needs to be prioritized and all that things. So number one is prioritization. What needs to go first, what needs to go next? And number two is instead of multitasking, Swami always says the best way to manage time is doing one thing at a time. See, if you have totally focused and do it, you'll get it done. But with these two things, prioritization and also doing one thing at a time, comes something else which is more important, which is the grace of God. 
See, when you have grace of God, everything will just flow. I'll give you an example. In this midst of everything that's happening, I, maybe I should give the Buddha Punima example instead. You know, um, I think about four or five years ago, we did a Buddha Punima play here in Sai Kulwant Hall. Um, and at that point of time, I was doing my f uh, final year of my post-graduation. And uh, final year or the third year, I think, for post-graduation. And um, uh, we also had um, the, uh, a big flood in Malaysia that year. And then I, we, you know, as usual, you need to submit your theses, you need to su submit your case reports, and you need to submit another cases for Viva, and all the things was happening while we are working. As doctors, when we do our post-graduation, we still work, work eight to five, as usual, okay? This is if you don't have on-call. If you have on-call, you have to work more. Despite that, you need to prepare all these things, you need to study, and you need to do that. On top of it, there was floods, and you know, our brother Ragan and you know, a few people in Malaysia, they, we are brother Roy and all, we are disaster management team, whom we thought that I told them, you know, I'm having exams, I just need to prioritize this and I need to get this done. So, and then I was sitting down and studying, I couldn't do it. This is simply because that suffering that they are having, it's not just theirs. We are all connected in some way that is just everything as one. So when that suffering was happening, I couldn't study. So I just said, okay, never mind. I spoke to my professor. He said, okay, you will not get extra leave. Your, your study leave just before exam, you get five days. I'll give you that five days, which means you need to work until the last day before you fly for your exam and you fly for your exam and sit for the exam. I was, I didn't know what to answer. I said, okay. And then went, we did the flood relief, came back and then Hari called. He said, bro, we have to do Buddha Purnima performance because the country that's supposed to do uh, couldn't make it. So after that, I said, okay, I will come. It's just right after my exam. Let's see how it goes. And then for, for drama, you all know how much practice that is, this and that and all the things. And then yet, came back. We, I did my exams and I, I, I did my thesis. And, and we went to Parthi. We came to Parthi. We performed. Also, also tell the role what you're playing. And also, I was playing a doctor's role in that. In that. <laughs> and I didn't consciously do that. I just gave, because he was the only one. I, I gave all the roles to everyone. I needed a doctor's role. I just, Satya, I just called. Not, he didn't, I didn't consciously knew he was a doctor, but I just gave the role to him until, yeah, then continue yeah. And then, like, you know, came for doctor's role. And then, like, I acted. And we, after the, the, the performance, I went out. My exams came out that day. And I got first class gold medal. And this is, brothers and sisters, five months, this is all within the span of, what? From January was the floods we went until May, May, Buddha Purnima. It was within these five months, all these things happened. And how it's only grace of Bhagwan, nothing else. This Satya is useless. That Satya is everything. That's all I can tell you. I so, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, if I can just add to conclude that again, I've, this past two months have been also very, very have hectic for me at work. Plus this, this whole preparation for India and everything and with my child, my son at home and uh, work, I mean, family, it has been tough. And you know, it comes to a point where sometimes, let's be real, right? I mean, you, we can be in the organization, love Swami so much, but sometimes when you're pushed in front of these this challenges and you actually start questioning yourself, 
He said, am I doing this? For who am I doing this? Swami, I want to drop. I cannot take it anymore, Swami. I, I, I want to do just, I just want to drop everything. I just want to focus on one thing. I cannot. I'm having a meltdown. I'm breaking down. I can't do this. Do we all go through that? Yes. We do. We do. And you think Swami is going to get angry at you? You think Swami is going to judge you for that? He will give you more challenges. <laughs> you know, there's a very, very interesting thing he said sir, to someone in the interview room. Swami, how do I strengthen my faith? He said, you know, when you want to hang a photo on the wall, you hit the nail, you hit the nail, and then you go on checking again to see whether the nail is shaky or not, and you keep hitting the nail. He said, you keep hitting, I will shake the nail to see whether it's loose or not. He will keep shaking it, loosening it, the nail is going to drop. You take it back again, and you keep hitting the nail again. He's going to shake it again, and it's going to drop. And that shaking, he will shake your faith. Trust me, brothers and sisters, he will shake your faith. When you ask for Swami, when you embrace Swami, He will give you all the problems. But at the same time, He gives you ice cream, He will give you sweets, He'll give you all the medicines that you need so that you can still practice that faith in all the challenges. Yeah? Also, brothers and sisters, always remember, Swami is a mother. He will never give you a challenge that you cannot win. Always remember that. If a challenge and you think, I don't think I can do it, God knows your, your, your strength. You just need to harness it from Him and get it done. If it comes to you, that means you can do it. Just remember that. You have the, all the possible means of getting it done. It's whether you, have, you are willing or not. The will is there, but are you willing to do it or not? It's just that. Yeah. I came back two days ago. I came back the night at one o'clock. There was so much of issues going on. I, the issue, you don't need to know the issues, but there were issues, and I was already up to here. And I went back, I took the WhatsApp, and I was just ranting on WhatsApp to Satya. 100 messages. Okay, 100 messages. I know he's not going to read it. <laughs> he's not going to read. Because I didn't come back from meeting at one o'clock at that point of time. Okay, okay. so I went it, I went it, I went it, and I said, Satya, I feel better. I'm just renting. I know what to be done. I know why Swami has put me and I will do it. I know I'll do it. I can't do it. But you know what? We all go through that. You know, he'll push you to that and test you whether you're going to say no or yes. Through the cliff, he'll push you. Yeah? And that's the time you got to see whether, whether you're going to say yes or you're going to drop from the cliff. Yeah? So, yeah. yeah. So now, um, the last... Huh? Yes. Okay, so this is about studies, yeah, which I think, uh, Satya, this is for you to answer. Majority of our youngsters here are in that age group where they are studying, you know, in college. And um, they, the questions were, Swami, you know, I'm, I'm studying hard, you know, but I, I'm not getting good marks, you know, I, I can't focus well, you know, I want to do sci work, I do the sci work, but I come back and then my studies are also affected, you know. If I'm doing Swami's work, why can Swami take care of my studies? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know how to answer the question. <laughs> but what I can tell you is from my own experience, like I told you just now. When you study, okay, there are three things, okay? This is, as a doctor, I'm telling you this. See, we have something called short-term memory and long-term memory. Short-term memory, also, you have the ultra-short and the short, whereby the first thing when you read, you will remember for the first one hour, just 
people ask you, if I tell you now something, in one hour, if I ask you the same thing, you'll be able to tell. Okay? But when you study, that is not enough. That after one hour, need to re-emphasize again within the first 24 hours. If you do that, it goes into the long-term memory. Only when it is re-emphasized. That is why it's very essential to do an end-of-day recap for all of us. That's something that I do in my life. I do a self-audit, but just before I do a self-audit is whatever that I've learned on in that day, I will try to repeat it back. Then it goes into the subconscious mind. It goes into the long-term memory. So that's one tip maybe all of you can use. But that one tip is not just enough. That is enough for the physical world. But if you have God with you as a memory cell, then everything get it downloaded into the God. Who is the God? Your own self. So be pure. That body needs to have purity. Unity and purity is very important. Unity here doesn't mean you go and unite with your friends and do study group and all that things. Unity here means unity between the body, mind and soul. And thought, word, and that thought, word and deed need to be in one line. So when it is in one line and there's purity in it, then that connects. So whatever happens, happens in God's speed. Everything happens in God's speed. That's how it happens. Because I'll give you an example. Last time when I do modules with Sister Roshni and, you know, Brother Hari and, you know, Brother Vijay, we sit for weeks, Sister Pia, we sit for months sometimes sitting down and doing modules. For these workshops that we have done, we just sit down, 10 minutes we are done. What used to take us two, uh, two months and sometimes the earliest you will be two weeks, three weeks, this one, 10 minutes, we are done. That's because... Not, I mean, not because of us, of course. That's because he already know what he wants the young adults, all of you to have for these workshops, for these sessions. He knows it ready. But are you pure enough? Do you have the unity in thought, words and deeds for him to allow it to flow to the pen that you're going to write or the laptop that you're going to type? If you have that, then that's good. So for studies, dear brothers and sisters, all of us are students till we die, whether we like it or we don't. But at least for those who are still studying, have that. Start with the prayer and then keep the body, the mind clean and pure. Then you can make sure that whatever you study goes in easily. It doesn't take you one hour to read a chapter, but it probably takes you just 10 minutes. But when you repeat it at night, it becomes permanent. You don't need to repeat it again and again and again. Thank you. Thank you, Satya. Very last one, huh, before we break down. This is uh, important for, I think, for all youths being in the Sai movement. The question was, I want to be vegetarian, and it's really, really difficult for me to practice vegetarianism. Yeah? I, 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 there's one, one very interesting question, and I, I have to respect this person, because he said, I can't live one day. My one meal, at least one meal must have some meat. But brother or sister, whoever you are, you are here for the past five days already without eating meat, hopefully. That itself, you should give a round of applause to yourself because that itself is an achievement. Yeah? So, um, Sister Roshini, would you like to just share how could, this, uh, how could they practice this? Yeah, so um, 
like I said, coming from a non-Sai family, we were also non-vegetarian. Um, I started my journey on vegetarianism maybe in 2006, and it was in preparation for a yatra for my first trip to Prashantinilayam. Uh, and how I did it was very methodical. It wasn't like propelled by immense faith or anything. Um, so because we knew that this was something that we wanted to achieve as a group, we took on a group sadhana. So me and my housemate at that time, we decided that we can't become vegetarian seven days a week immediately. So we decided to pick one day uh, a week. And after one month, it became two days a week. And after another month, it became three days a week. And that way, throughout that one year, we converted ourselves. But I was also, in my technique was that I was, a, I was very compassionate with myself. So I felt like on the days that I was super craving, I would just go and have it. I wouldn't, because if not, I'm eating meat in my head anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, right? So I, I would. But eventually, it was a process of elimination, slowly, 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 slowly. And I think with all vices, creating that habit similarly, whether it's eating meat or cigarettes, smoking or alcohol, or just you know excessive chatting or whatever, uh, your phone, it's about gradual reduction. That worked for me. Uh, your technique might be different. But what made us do that was because when I came to Prashantinam for the first time, I wanted Swami to be proud of me. Uh, that was what propelled that entire journey. So having that delivered in mind, what changes you would do, uh, that, was, that was what happened. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think, I think uh, we have to stop for now. Uh, we have a few more, but um, uh, we got to adhere to time, and Swami is always strict about time because we've got a long evening to go. So um, I think what we can, there's a lot of yearning, there's a lot of um, uh, inquiry, the self-inquiry. This must keep going. Yeah, all of us, right? There's nobody who gave us answers to anything. This journey was between us and Swami. And if that quest and that sincerity is there, wanting to know something or wanting to change, trust me, dear brothers and sisters, Swami will give you the answer in some way or another. Or if you don't pray with Swami, the universe will conspire to come and give you the answer. And that's why you are here. So there's a, there's a yearning. If you have any more questions, please, we will actually flash um, our email addresses, Roshni and Dr. Satya's email addresses, and you can email them. Yeah? You can email them and they can get back to you. It will be more you know, in-depth. We we're not rushing. But I think we've opened up a, a, a kind of a, a box of um, wanting to understand all this. So hopefully, self, the self-inquiry carries on from here. That is the most important. Don't stop after this camp. Tomorrow's drama, a lot of things to sum up this entire camp and all your, most of the questions will be addressed in tomorrow's drama, the closing ceremony drama. So please watch the drama, pay attention to it, and Swami will answer you through the drama because the drama was written by the blessings of Swami. I have to say how and what, but it, trust me, it was blessings and it's meant for all of us. Yeah? So... If there's nothing else to say, yeah, see the, uh, please send it to this email address, your questions, and it, trust me, it will be answered. Yeah? Thank you, Swami, once again for talking through us. I hope, we hope that the answers would have reached to all those whom you willed it to go to.
अन्यता शरणम नास्ति त्वमेव शरणम ममा तस्मात् कारुण्य भावेन रक्षरक्ष साईश्वरा ओम शांति 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 थैंक यू जय सायराम सायराम Thank you, panelists, for those inspiring and informative words. I'm sure my brothers and sisters will have many thoughts to contemplate on and put them into action. Let us give another round of applause for the panelists. I would now like to...